repetition, as you know, often signifies the importance of something. If it's important, it's, it's worth repeating. And you see this actually in the scriptures. It's really interesting. You see multiple accounts of, say, the creation story in Genesis. There's um, a couple different versions of the crossing of the Red Sea in Exodus and uh, the makeup of the tabernacle um, in Exodus and Leviticus. Um, There's multiple accounts of these because they're very important, very very important uh, stories, very important um, accounts in Scripture. And Holy Mother Church, I think, is repeating a similar theme about God's justice and mercy. We've been hearing it the last couple Sundays because she clearly wants it to sink in. You know, last, last week, last Sunday, we um, had to deal with the very difficult parable of the workers in the vineyard, which raised the issue of whether God is unfair in um, his merciful generosity. The last receiving wages first, and the the first receiving the same as the the last. But we concluded, if you remember last Sunday, that God, because He is mercy itself, because He is goodness itself, because He is generous, goes and seeks us out at every hour of our life, every moment in history, to labor in his vineyard so we can lay hold of the free gift of salvation that cannot be earned. It's simply a gift. And at the same time, you know, we noted that um, something the saints and mystics teach us, and this is also drawn from Scripture, um, that because God is also just, he will reward, you know, a greater or lesser degree of glory in the next life. Or none at all, depending on our degree of grace in which God finds us at the moment of our death. And so, you know, the exhortation was we need to consider our conduct. We need to consider whether we are laboring in God's vineyard, whether we are being workers in God's vineyard. And this, I think, brings us to our first reading today in um, the book of Ezekiel. We only get a small portion of uh, chapter 18 of Ezekiel today, but if we read the whole chapter, we find that the people of Israel believed that the righteousness or wickedness of one's parents determined one's fate in life. It was, like a, it was a karma-like belief that they had. And they were using this belief to explain their current political, economic, and military situation, the setbacks they've faced, as divine punishment for the faults of their parents of the previous generation. And so, you know, what seemed unfair, as we hear today, um, God's ways are unfair, you know, they, they believed. What seemed unfair to the people of Israel was the idea that a wicked person, could repent, turn to God, and in this way gain life and escape destruction. The possibility of of repentance and salvation seemed to be a scandal 
to the people of Israel at this time. And so the Lord, through Ezekiel, the prophet, was giving his people and us today a a sort of wake-up call to stop blaming other people for your, your current situation and to take responsibility for your actions. To repent of, of sin, to turn to God, and to receive life. That, that was the lesson he was teaching his people through Ezekiel today. And you know, this is the life that Jesus ultimately came to give us. The, not just physical life, not just physical health, but eternal life, spiritual life. The like, kind of life that he's referring to when he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. And so in going into today's gospel, you know, we, we were faced with two groups that correspond to the, the same two groups described in Ezekiel. The virtuous ones who turn away to wickedness and the wicked ones who turn and repent. And this is really the fundamental Christian message, right? The true Christian words of welcome are are not, I'm okay and you're okay, but repent and believe in the good news. They're the first words that John the Baptist speaks in Mark's Gospel. And they're the first public commands of Jesus in Mark's Gospel. The first words out of his mouth are repent and believe in the Gospel and the good news. The Greek word for repent is metanoia, metanoite, command which literally literally means to change one's mind, which is what we see in the parable Jesus speaks today. To change one's mind. He changed his mind and went into the vineyard. That's what the tax collectors and prostitutes did. You know, just like the son who refused to go into the vineyard, but afterwards he went, the tax collectors and prostitutes Repented, they changed their lifestyle at the preaching of John the Baptist. The Pharisees, on the other hand, and the scribes, correspond to the son who promised to go, who promised to go into the vineyard, but did not go. And I think the church is saying to us today don't be like the Pharisees. Because you know what the Pharisees. Um, were thinking, they were thinking that the preaching of John the Baptist and, and the preaching of Jesus didn't apply to them. So the church doesn't want any of us to leave Mass today thinking that the Gospel wasn't speaking about you. Many of the Pharisees paid lip service to the principles of morality in Scripture, but they were really good at finding loopholes that would permit a lifestyle of self-indulgence, even at the expense of, of others. 
And that's why Jesus tells them this parable. So the question for us is, how is Jesus calling me to change my mind, to repent? Maybe we haven't practiced extortion or prostitution, but we can't make the mistake of thinking that Jesus is not speaking to us today. We too have areas in our lives where we need to repent. I know I do. So ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas to you and help you repent and believe in the good news. The good news that we can repent and we can turn to God and receive life. What was a scandal to the people of Israel in Ezekiel's time. The good news is the mercies of God that the psalmist sings about today. That in order to forgive the repentant, Jesus Christ gives himself completely for us and to us. Having taken on, as St. Paul says, the form of a man, and then the form of a slave, and then the form of bread in the Holy Eucharist. <clears throat> 